0: Slang. Welcome to Nick Nack News. I'm Anthony,
1: and I'm Alex. My first story is space news. This is from TechCrunch. The Air Force wants you to hack into its satellite in orbit. Yes, really. It what? <laughs> They they're looking for people to hack into an or an actual orbiting satellite.
0: Is this like for one security. of those like find a bug sort yes. of? Okay, yes, that's cool. exactly what it that is. That makes more sense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we want you to compromise our system. Why? <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they're looking. They want to find the weaknesses so they can fix them. That makes sense. <laughs> Uh, and that's the whole story, and I'm don't know. I'll, I'll go into the details. <laughs> um, when, so, when the Air Force asked hackers to break into an F-15 fighter jet at last year's DEF CON security conference, the results were both eye-opening and eye-watering. Oh, <laughs> that's their words. Okay. Um, it was the first time hackers were allowed to work on the system to look for bugs. In just two days, a team of seven hackers found a ton of vulnerabilities, which, which, if exploited in the real world, could have crippled a critical aircraft data system, causing untold and potentially catastrophic damage. So luckily they found all these holes.
0: Oh, my God. Um,
1: and this article also says it was also proof that the Air Force desperately needed help. And then they just go in and it's like, we need help from people that know technology. Anyway, and I kind yeah. of skipped some of that background. This but- is what
0: you want to find bugs before somebody else finds
1: yep, them. Yep, yep. So, riding the waves of last year's success, Will Roper, Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Acquisition Technology and Logistics, planned to bring in security researchers again at this year's DEFCON in Las Vegas, this time hacking into a real orbiting satellite hovering miles above the Earth's surface. Working with the Defense Digital Service, which its director, Brett Goldstein, refers to as the SWAT team of nerds that operates in the <laughs> Pentagon. Okay. <laughs> the Air Force came up with Hack A SAT, a space security sure. program that invites <laughs> Sorry, there's a lot I of questionable <laughs> decisions here. I know. And also I keep I keep wanting to read it Hacky Sack, but that's not <laughs> it. Hack a SAT. And it's a space security program that invites hackers and security researchers in to find bugs and flaws um, in a real satellite. Roper and Goldstein say they want the cream of the crop to take on the satellite. In order to find the best hackers, the Air Force just today launched a qualification round website. The Air Force will let researchers hack a test satellite kit which will help to weed out the right technical chops and skills needed to hack the orbiting satel- satellite at DEFCON. So it's like this kind of like a competition where there's like tiers, and you mm-hmm. have to like make it to the final round, and that is happening at the conference.
0: And the prize is that you can send a, a satellite hurtling towards their- <laughs> Earth.
1: <laughs> I hope no one does that. Um, so the the plan actually for like the final thing is that. Um, they're going to hack into a satellite with a camera and try to see if they can turn the camera to face the moon. That's, like, the task that they're trying Mm. to do. Okay. And hopefully they don't send it hurtling towards the Earth. That would be bad. Of course, that's (laughs) the
0: first thought that comes into my weird (laughs) mind when I hear they're going to hack into an orbiting satellite.
1: I mean, it does kind of sound kind of dangerous, but, like, yeah, they they just want you to go in and change a camera angle. Um, So, it (laughs) seems... seems, you know, Camera okay.
0: hurtling toward the air. Yeah. It's similar but different.
1: Um, at the time of this writing of this article, um, <laughs> Black Hat and DEF CON, the two largest security conferences that run back-to-back in Las Vegas, every August are not canceled, but they may switch to virtual events um, like some other conferences have been doing. So it's probably still something, this whole hacking thing is probably still going to happen.
0: Regardless. Yeah. Seems um, like it could lend itself to an online... <laughs> Event. Yeah,
1: I think I think so.
0: Yeah, you just have to hope they're not, like, hacking into each other's presentations. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> um, so um, if you are interested in this, you can check out <laughs> Hackasat.com. And uh, I went on that website, and it says on there that the grand prize at the end of this, if you're, like, the first place hacker, I guess, you win $50,000. Oh, so,
0: that's a pretty good incentive.
1: Yeah, which is, like, not even mentioned in this article at yeah. all. It was just, it was like at the bottom of the website. It was almost like fine print. Like, by the way, we have some prizes. You put that at the beginning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, they want people in it for the right reasons. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. But yet they still included the incentive money. So. Hmm.
0: My first story is Animal News. (laughs) This is from NPR Goat to Meeting. For your next video call, invite a farm animal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is this real? I'm so excited. Oh, is this oh my gosh. It's very real.
0: Um, first of all, I do, is GoToMeeting like a, a well-known enough piece of software that people are going to get that joke? <laughs> That's the headline, but the, it's the, oh. the service that they're offering is called Meeting because yeah. there's, there's a video conferencing software called GoToMeeting. That's the joke. <laughs> 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 if you didn't know that. So
1: yeah, Anthony and I know what go to meeting is because we've used it for work, for work before. So yeah. it's it's like you know it's a video conferencing. It's like Zoom it's, or whatever. Yeah,
0: it's exactly what you think it is, but the pun doesn't work if you don't know what it is. <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted to get across. Anyway, um, after works or this is uh, this is fr- NPR's words. They got a little creative. Uh, after weeks of working from home, your video calls are probably starting to feel a little monotonous. But what if there was a fresh, non-human face in your virtual meeting? Maybe a cow, a llama, a goat? So a little, I'm listening. Yeah, see? They got you. They reeled you in. Um, that's the idea behind Goat 2 Meeting, which is very <laughs> difficult to pronounce correctly. A new service run by the Sweet Farm Animal Sanctuary in Half Moon Bay, California, south of San Francisco. Sweet Farm is funded by grants and donations, which usually come from in-person activities such as tours and corporate events, which obviously can't happen right now. Um, So they got creative and thought of this solution. Uh, Now, with various amounts of donation, Paco the Llama, Juno the Goat, Magnolia the Cow, or even Steve the Rooster could be the one to join in on your Drury video conference call. So basically you donate money to them and they will like phone into your, into your meeting with an animal.
1: <laughs> this is amazing. It's <laughs> such
0: a good idea. Um, Seattle based uh, company, Rebellious Foods, but that is Rebellious Foods. There's Bellion. Yeah. That's Another. the right response. Uh, is one of the dozens of companies that have surprised employees with a virtual visitor. Their CEO, Christy uh, Legali, says, there was quite a bit of squeals of joy, (laughs) or there was was a quite a bit of squeals with joy, I think that's a typo. anyway, as a fun diversion in the middle of a very busy Monday morning. Some of them were kind of coming in to eat or coming in from grazing, referring to the animals. So they're very busy animals, it seems like. I'm glad they took time out of their day to meet with us.
1: Oh look, the employees of the company don't' graze. In, it's grazing for the grazing just, break.: rah,
0: rah, rah. <laughs> um, Yeah, I actually looked at the website where you can do this. It's pretty expensive. Oh, it's really? like, I mean, I think it was like seventy five dollars for a virtual tour of the farm. Oh, where they would like actually take you around. It's like two hundred fifty okay. to have an animal call like call into your meeting.
1: Two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah.
0: So what? it's That's, it's pretty high, um, but apparently they're doing quite well. It's from the website at least, so I guess it's a good way to to be bringing in donations when they can't have people yeah. come and visit.
1: And I, I'm now thinking like maybe. If they lowered the price, they'd get a million more people. But yeah. at the same time that might be hard to like
0: to actually coordinate actually, and
1: yeah, to actually like deliver on. And to
0: be worth it, like worth our time. And yeah. Yeah. I kinda get it. But I also wish that it was like ten dollars yeah. and I could just have a goat yeah. pop into a <laughs> into a Google Hangouts meeting or whatever. <laughs> I
1: would totally do that. But that's yeah, it's a little pricey for yeah. me.
0: Yeah. So, if you got some, if you own a small company maybe, and you have money to burn, which I know isn't a lot at this point, but I don't know, try it. I, yeah. It sounds cool.
1: If you want to support a farm, yeah, you could donate
0: the well, money. It's, it's it's an animal sanctuary too. They're actually like they take in farm animals, so
1: oh, it's, it sounds like a nice it's a, place. It's a very
0: nice cause. It's nice, but they don't have a lot of other sources of income. Yeah. So,
1: all right, my next story is entertainment news. This is from Newsweek.com, and the headline is, New Pandemic Slang to Make You Sound Hip When You Finally Leave Your House.
0: Oh, no. This can it's only be really bad. It's not really great. Yeah. It's not really
1: that great. <laughs> I, I laughed a lot reading this, so I brought it here. But Okay. I, actually, I want to know if you've heard these words. All right. So, the Berlin-based language app Babbel has supposedly been tracking a bunch of new slang words recently created and used commonly online due to the coronavirus outbreak. Here are some words that have popped up in their ever-expanding COVID dictionary. Oh, boy. Okay.
0: I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm ready.
1: COVID-iet. I am ready covid
0: idiot. i have not heard that one yet.
1: A a combination of idiot and Mm COVID-19.
0: I can kind of see where Um, this is going.
1: (laughs) This has been used to describe... (laughs) <laughs> quote, an ignorant person who simply snubs scientific warnings. <laughs> I what? hadn't heard Did that. those
0: people exist? Yeah. What? <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> what? I've not seen any behavior like that. What? Uh, okay, the next one is Zoom bombing. I've
0: You've heard of You've probably heard that. Yeah.
1: So that's a reference to photo bombing when uh, someone unannounced intrudes during an ongoing video chat. And see, I want. I but haven't been using Zoom, isn't an adorable but like,
0: farm animal?
1: Right. That's that the does academia. not. It's usually count. not that. It's usually an unwanted guest. Okay. And the adorable animals do not fit into that category. Got it. Um. Okay. The next one is zumped.
0: Oh, is that dumped over Zoom? And that's
1: if you get yeah, if you get dumped over Zoom. I
0: haven't heard that, but I hadn't. I used context clues.
1: Yeah. Good. <laughs> good <to> inference. Uh. <laughs> Okay, the Dracula cough.
0: Oh, coughing into your elbow. Yeah, that's not new.
1: That's, that's not just new? how you're
0: supposed to cough. I mean, the, words, do people the word people call I've never heard the word before. Oh yeah, that's I've never stupid. heard
1: it called that before. But it's just like which that isn't that concept is not new. That concept at all. is super
0: not new. <laughs> but apparently,
1: people call it the Dracula cough, which yeah. I'm like, what? Because it because it looks like you're like, like cough, Really, yeah, I don't. know. Right.
0: Just okay. call it a vampire cough. Why is it specifically Dracula? Don't I be, don't
1: know. I don't know. It's unclear. Kind of
0: offensive to other vampires.
1: And then the last one, I was like, okay, now this is getting ridiculous because oh, yeah. they said that the word novel was a new word no. being used in this, and I was just like, what? <laughs> no, that's blatantly false. It's and, and I'm going to use this platform to talk about this article. <laughs> now they, the person that wrote this apparently doesn't know that there's a second definition for the word novel. Like they thought that novels were just a book, and then they're like, people keep using it as an adjective now or something. And no, I was literally like, "What?" Means new. that's literally the <laughs> definition of that word.
0: Novel is not a novel word.
1: Correct. It means I look this up new or unusual in an interesting way, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, other fact that probably everyone knows, but just in case you don't, the reason that this is called the novel coronavirus is because coronavirus is a family of types of viruses. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of them and it there were things others. like
0: SARS and I don't remember what else
1: MERS I think MERS yeah Yeah so those were also coronaviruses mm-hmm. and this one is just a new one it's a which is why novel it's coronavirus a novel coronavirus for now <laughs> for now that's and why we have
0: covid-19 because that's an actual like distinguishing name Right Right like MERS or SARS
1: Yeah and that's why like actually this one they they're calling it SARS Cove 2, because the technical name for SARS was SARS Cove for SARS coronavirus.
0: See, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I did know this one was called SARS Cove 2. I did not know the the origin of that.
1: Yep. So SARS
0: is sudden acute respiratory syndrome. Is that? Yes, it it is. Okay.
1: And I had forgotten that. So thanks for the pressure on that.
0: And MERS, I think. Oh, I don't know what that one was. I think it's Middle East respiratory syndrome. I think it originated in that region or something.
1: Yeah. So once again, the word novel has been used as an adjective
0: (laughs) for a long time. time.
1: (laughs) And for some reason, the person that wrote this didn't realize that, but uh, it was probably an honest mistake. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but yeah.
0: My favorite new words have all been ones that revolve around the word quarantine. I'm a big fan of core queen. What's that? Just, I don't know.
1: A queen of the quarantine situation.
0: She's a quarant queen. Like, I don't, she's just just doing She's just thriving in this environment, I
1: guess. (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've heard a lot of very good puns and none of them were those.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, so I wasn't just missing something. These these words were just like nope. what are what yeah. is this? Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm also having a very distinct case of déjà vu where I feel like we've we've brought like hip new slang <laughs> that isn't actually known for anything. Yeah,
1: pretty sure we've done similar. Yeah. So something tells me it's
0: just a when a, when a media source just can't think of anything else to write about <laughs> they're just like I don't know make up but, some words yeah, or something. Uh,
1: <laughs> this is a, a word that keeps popping up on social media. Um, it's,
0: it's jank goose. It means <laughs> this, it's, it's a it's a goose that looks a little rough. All right, bye.
1: <laughs> uh, zoom boom. It's um, when there's uh, interference in your your Zoom meeting. Yeah,
0: and, and it explodes. <laughs> My next story is science news. This is from NPR, which I think, yeah, it's my second story from NPR. Uh, did heavy rain cause Hawaii's historic volcanic eruption? Oh, heavy rain. The concept not heavy rain, video video
1: uh, game. game? Okay. Uh,
0: I knew knew that's what you were thinking. (laughs) That was what I was thinking. (laughs) Uh, heavy rain, the phenomenon, uh, Heavy rains might have triggered the historic eruption of Kilauea. I, 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 I think
1: that's how you that sounds, pronounce
0: it. sounds right, right? In Hawaii in 2018, whenever that was. That's the bold assertion of a new analysis that has left some volcanologists intrigued and others doubtful. Volcanologist is a really cool job title.
1: I way. also think that. Just
0: want to. We have to, there.
1: you know what, Anthony? We have to have a ranking of job titles.
0: We really should. We need because to,
1: we have president of snacks.
0: President of snacks is so gonna good. It's going to be so hard to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, volcanologist, volcanologist. That's pretty cool. Is very good. And then there was that one, a few weeks ago. It was like director of space artificial intelligence technology or some yeah. crazy awesome, a sound very thing cool like that.
0: title. I would rank that above volcanologist still. Well, I don't know. It's I don't close. Know. Because it's volcanologist close. is also just like a cool word.
1: Yeah, it just has this like epic sound to it. Volcanologist.
0: Like. I'm responsible for all volcanoes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I want to have a ranking somewhere. I don't okay. know. I'll think about it.
0: We need to, yeah, we should write this down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Kilauea had been erupting since 1983 when in the spring of 2018 it suddenly became much more active. This level of activity could have been set off by unusual amounts of rainfall in the preceding months, researchers say in the nature uh, in the journal Nature hmm. uh, because of the surface uh, because the surface of the island is so porous, the rainwater would have penetrated deep down more than a mile beneath the surface. The pressure of all this groundwater pushing against the rock could have opened up fractures and created new paths for trapped magma to flow upward. Kind of makes sense um, hmm. same way like. Water gets into cracks and in roads, freezes, and expands them.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, really, that makes sense. They don't
0: really have that problem in Hawaii with anything freezing, but. Uh, Records going back to 1790 suggest that this volcano is more likely to have eruptions during the most rainy part of the year, according to the researchers. So that's a pretty large body of evidence. Yeah, Um, They also used satellite measurements of rainfall data, along with computer modeling of the subterranean effect of this water to show how precipitation could have led to the 2018 eruption. Um, So they did their homework. Sounds like a pretty legitimate study. However, geologists working at the Hawaiian Volcano Observatory, who... Probably our experts on these particular volcanoes aren't quite as sure about this theory. Uh, Christina Neal, who is a volcanologist with the US Geological Survey, who is currently the scientist in charge at the observatory, says that in this particular case, our data and our observations and interpretation lead us to a different conclusion. Really nice way of saying, you're probably wrong. <laughs> Scientists at the observatory have recently gone back and looked carefully at precipitation records that go back decades as well. Uh, And they say, we see other intense spikes in rainfall that did not result in eruptions. Uh, And what's more, before the eruption of Kilauea in May of 2018, their measurements showed that pressure was building up in the volcano's internal system of molten rock. So there was other stuff happening, essentially, that could have led to this. So uh, the rest of the article is basically the... Uh, original scientists coming back and saying,
1: well, technically. <laughs> it's just like a passive-aggressive <laughs> it's, 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 back That's and honestly forth. what it
0: kind of reads like. Is just like this <laughs> passive-aggressive back and forth between scientists like, well, actually, our data shows. That, and they're saying we're not claiming that rainfall causes eruptions. We're saying that it can lead to conditions that make eruptions more likely, which is a technicality, but does kind of make a certain amount of sense. It's like, the more porous ground, like, yeah. with the water could cause more fractions and lead to magma escaping through, like...
1: I mean, that makes visions. sense It makes sense to me,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm not a volcanologist, yeah, I'm but not either. I really want to be one now. I kind
1: of also want to be one volcanologist.
0: Just studying volcanoes, that's so cool.
1: That would be cool.
0: Anyway, so... Hmm. That entire article is either pointless or... <laughs> An incredible, an incredible new discovery.
1: So
0: I'll let you, I'll let you, the listener decide.
1: It's either pointless or an incredible new discovery. Um,
0: There's no in between.
1: Well, I think, I mean, this is the the aim of this type of work is to increase the potential to predict volcano eruptions, right?
0: Yeah, I mean that okay, would be part yeah, of it, right? Like, so,
1: like. Because I don't know how. Keeping an eye
0: out for like rainy conditions could lead to something like this yeah. happening more often.
1: Because I have no idea how well they can predict them now, right? It's like. Yeah.
0: They it know... sounded from the article like they have ways of like measuring the pressure of oh. like known like magma flows and stuff like that. So okay. I guess they do have some, some ways of doing it. And there's probably like a seismological part of it too where like. They can tell from just like the little earthquakes and stuff that,
1: yeah, stuff I've heard about like the earthquake happening. thing, like that's like a sign it's gonna happen. Seismologist is also
0: a really good word, but it's more common, I think. I think that loses at some points over volcanologists. <laughs>
1: yeah. Volcanologist, I've gotta admit, this is the first time that I've heard that that is I a separate, it's like, scientific title, too. Yeah, so
0: yeah, they probably used to just call themselves geologists and we're like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Guys. Wait a second, guys. We have an what opportunity if we can, here? What if we
0: can convince NPR? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they just, just for this article, they're like, let's tell them we're volcanologists. <laughs> they, actually, they
0: actually wrote an article that was like, five new science words you haven't heard of. <laughs> and this is one of them.
1: <laughs> That's great. Okay, my next story is technology news. Okay, this is from techcrunch.com, and the headline is, Google Meet launches new features. So this is just more stories about oh, uh, video, video chats. Conferencing. Uh, <laughs> video conferencing, yeah. <laughs>
0: How many times can we get it in?
1: Um, <laughs> it's, it's a hot topic right now.
0: Yes, it is. In the
1: news. Um, Google Meet, like all video chat products, is seeing rapid growth in user numbers right now, so it's no surprise that Google is trying to capitalize on this and is quickly iterating on its product. Today, it is officially launching a set of new features that include a more zoom-like tiled layout, a low light mode for when you have to make calls at night, and the, we'll get back to that. Okay. And the ability to present a single Chrome tab instead of a specific window or your entire screen. As someone that also uses Google Meet a lot recently, mm-hmm. um, that's a useful feature. That sounds like it. Um, very soon, they also said that they'll be adding a built-in noise cancellation um, that is supposed to be able to block out things like a barking dog or, like, typing on a keyboard, so not just, like, repetitive Mm -hmm. sounds. Um, So the tiled layout will allow web users to see up to 16 participants at once, okay? And then then there's this thing about, like, the dark, low-light mode, and it says, if you take meetings in the dark, low-light mode uses AI to brighten up your video, like, Turn Who's on a light. doing that? Turn on a light. <laughs> like, yeah. Why? Hey,
0: we've invented we've invented that mode already. It's called go get up and turn on the light. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like,
1: what? Why would you just be in a dark room? <laughs> like video chatting. Do people do this? Maybe you're
0: doing like a shady a shady deal or something, and you. Don't well, then you it.
1: want it to stay dark, right?
0: Right. So wait, so yeah. You wouldn't this, want this, this is, wait a you this wait is a useless for but everyone. People... <laughs>
1: The people that are using a dark room, they want it to be dark. Exactly. They want it to stay dark. Yeah. Yeah,
0: did you, did meets... you
1: ask your users? Do you want you these end? shady
0: deals to become legitimate? <laughs> yeah, like,
1: What are you doing here? Uh... <laughs> yeah, and then they talked a little bit about the noise cancellation that they're working on and how it's, it's like, I don't know, uses some special technology so that it's not just simple repeating noise. It's like extra I mean, background bark sounds and great if it works
0: so. so, yeah. i don't know i don't know about you but every single time the way that my my computer is set up in a room that has an extra bed in it and my cat like spends the entire day while i'm working sleeping on a bed <laughs> like that is that is his go-to spot and he's always there yeah. until i have a meeting i start on i as soon as i turn on like a google meets thing he wakes up and starts meowing at me <laughs>
1: really yeah every every day
0: day. (laughs) and i have like a daily meeting with with my team too so it's like it is legitimately every single day (laughs) so what do you
1: do it's just in the background he's just
0: there i I have to pet him or he won't and and then he stops okay so this feature will let me not pet him
1: (laughs) (laughs) that would get annoying after a while i (laughs) think
0: it's not great (laughs) My next story is animal news. Uh, This is from CNN. Scientists discover a new snake and name it after Salazar Slytherin.
1: That's perfect. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is a team of researchers from India who discovered a new species of green pit viper. And they have decided to name the snake after Salazar Slytherin. Uh, their findings were published this month in the journal Zoosystematics Zosy- and Evolution. Oh, and I should also say thank you, Dad, for sending me this article. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Uh, for those not familiar with Harry Potter, which, come on, surely you've just absorbed you, it by osmosis by, at this point. Yeah,
1: I, I just want to say, if you're listening to this show and you haven't read Harry Potter, please go read Harry Potter. This is
0: a great time to do it. Yeah, it's a. It's, it's, it's just a, a pretty, great
1: time for reading, in general, yeah, right? It's
0: a pretty quick read. It's, they're great books. Like, I every time I go back to them, I, I'm always reminded how excellent they are.
1: Anthony and I cannot speak highly enough yes. of the Harry Potter series. Yes, and we can leave it at that. Yeah, I was going to say I could. I could <laughs> talk about Harry
0: Potter for a very long time. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, uh, Salazar Slytherin so was one of the founders of the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardy, which is the primary setting of the books, um, along with. Godric Gryffindor, Rowena we- Wow, these, these <laughs> names are difficult to read out loud. Rowena Ravenclaw, and Helga Hufflepuff. Uh, Slytherin, who was partly known for his ability to talk to snakes, is linked to the animals. Uh, and that's why researchers chose the name Tri- Trimera Reserus. Trimera Reserus. Trimera Trimera Reserus. That's close enough. Salazar. <laughs> That full name again, Trimerezeris Salazar. Wait, I think I'm adding a syllable. Trimerezeris. No, I'm not. Trimerezeris Salazar is the full scientific name that they are proposing. Uh, In the research, the team suggests that the snake be commonly known as Salazar's pit viper. So they're really really going for it. Um, The pit vipers in the genus (laughs) (laughs) Trimerezeris. are venomous and are found throughout East and Southeast Asia. This species was found in India, but there are at least 48 total species of this genus found in the region. So Salazar's pit viper.
1: That is so cool. Is Is it just all green? It's like a solid green snake? Yeah, actually,
0: there's a picture of it. Let me show you.
1: I would like to see a picture. Whoa. Okay, that snake is like beautiful isn't looking it, like isn't the, it gorgeous the shade of green is like
0: it's the shade of green but it's also got this like orange stripe running down the yeah. side like it's it's a beautiful snake a lot of the pit vipers are like bright colors like i think the most one of the more famous ones is like bright yellow too
1: so, wow it's just like that color green i don't know i didn't wasn't expecting it. it's like shiny
0: mm-hmm. it almost looks like a toy
1: yeah it like does wow that's so cool
0: it's so it's such a beautiful snake
1: I don't normally say that about snakes. Like I'm not. Yeah. I don't react that way to snakes normally. Like that—that was a unique <laughs> reaction for me.
0: I do. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I've mentioned on this show before, but I—I I had snakes growing up, or, or my dad did. Yeah, because your your lived, dad really yeah.
1: likes snakes, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't have anything against them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just not like normally like oh that's a beautiful snake like i don't have yeah. that yet. but that one is like just there, the way, there, the color. there are
0: some gorgeous snakes with some like really cool patterns and colorations uh, the, i think the only snake that my parents still have is uh it's called a vietnamese blue beauty and it is this it's like got like a kind of blue tint to it and mm-hmm. it, it, it's a it's a really pretty snake that's cool shout out to sarah that's her name the snake
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right it's time for breaking news The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today, or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Ready, set, go! go. Okay, I found this on UPI. The headline is, Russian runner jogs 62 miles worth of laps around bed.
0: These people just can't stop running, This is another
1: another like marathon guy who's just like 62 I can't go miles outside. Is,
0: yeah that's that's like how many marathons wait like how three? long is a,
1: marath- a marathon wait i don't remember how many miles a marathon is it's actually like 26 I, oh i don't i have no idea
0: i don't know or is that kilometers oh my gosh i can never remember <laughs>
1: why did i think it was like 50 is that I, way too high i think
0: 50 is too high okay i think I, I, thought it was don't even know. I thought it was like 26 or something.
1: Let me look it up. We have the internet.
0: That's so true.
1: <laughs> it is 26.
0: Hi. You were right. Yeah. I was
1: very wrong.
0: Okay. In so that's
1: kilometers. Like,
0: it's like three miles or three 42. Right? Okay. So I
1: guess maybe I was more thinking of kilometers. Yeah. What was I
0: thinking of kilometers for then? Yeah. You were more towards that direction. That,
1: around there. Yeah. <laughs> I was completely Round wrong. Out. <laughs> but yeah, he ran sixty-two miles apparently. That's a lot. So that's like three ish, ish. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a lot. Um, so the article says a Russian runner who spent nine months training for a now-canceled race tested his endurance in his home by running laps around his bed for a total distance of sixty-two miles. Um,
0: I assume not all. He at had once. been.
1: Oh, whoa! Wait, he had been training for 9 months to compete in a in a 155 mile race through the desert in Morocco.
0: Oh. So maybe all at once. That he did he do this all at once, the 62 miles. I think
1: he did. Jeez. I didn't see this part before. I, I just like, looked at the yeah. top part of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It's breaking news. Oh. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So even for you. So, and then the event was postponed, and so he wanted to still do something. So he ran laps around his bed for sixty-two miles. That sounds so. And it boring. took him. Oh my god. Ten hours and nineteen minutes of that running.
0: Wow! I some people like fall over like after a marathon. Can you imagine?
1: Yeah, I cannot. I
0: mean, I definitely I cannot can't. imagine.
1: I can't run at all. No, like it's just I so. I'm just my body is just not. Meant for that. I think the last time I
0: ran a mile was in like middle school because I had to. I found this on UPI: uh, large alligator ransacks South Carolina family's yard. What? You heard? You heard it. Uh, the Lasada family said that the gator, known as uh, known locally as Big George, ended up at the back door of their Sea Pines home on Monday. I think this is South Carolina. Yeah. Um, the family said George ransacked their patio furniture, knocked over a fire pit and slammed its tail into their glass door. Oh, wow. So it was just going, going crazy. Uh, they said that alligators are common in the area. Uh, a quote from Fernando Lasada says, we see these every day, but never in the backyard knocking everything down. This is to the next level. <laughs> So, this doesn't happen, I guess, very often. Uh, He said the alligator was eventually escorted back to the lagoon by a team of four security guards. Um, Lasato further said, as long as he doesn't hurt anybody, they just put him back in the water. (laughs) This is his home, and as long as he's not hurting anybody, we just need to be careful. Yeah. So, yeah, he was there first. Probably, I don't know, maybe. They can live alone time. Yeah. But, uh,
1: Um, yeah. That's like they don't know why. Like, that just seems like a weird, erratic behavior.
0: Right. They're, I don't know. For one of those. Maybe he's trying to be like, hey, why aren't you guys going
1: outside?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just try to get their attention. (laughs) All the humans are
1: acting weird. What is going on?
0: Guys. (laughs) Hey, guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Will you come outside if I do this? (laughs) How about this? (laughs) Yeah, I. That'd be. I just can't imagine living in a place where, like, you could just walk out your backyard and there's, like, a really dangerous animal in your backyard. I mean, I guess I kind of can imagine it. It's just, like, I'm not used to that. So Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's the the, bear, the bears that. haven't started encroaching on the suburbs it's yet, so right. we're still safe.
1: Technically, a bear could find its way here, but it'd be kind of rare. Yeah, I, mean. I
0: think we do get coyotes around here every once in a while, but that's less dangerous that's for true, us but than, they than don't, for, like,
1: animals. Yeah, coyotes don't really attack people not generally yeah they're not like wolves like wolves would no i think a wolf would be an actual threat yeah wolves
0: are quite large coyotes are pretty small
1: they're like they're like medium dog ish size i think have you have you seen one before i've actually seen one around oh really not not in this neighborhood but like near here yeah no i mean i've definitely i've
0: seen i've seen them in the distance before but i've never like really gotten a good look at one
1: yeah they're basically like they almost look like foxes, but, like, w- bigger than a fox. Yeah, they're a
0: little bigger than a fox, and, yeah, and their tail isn't like, isn't quite as bushy. I right.
1: So. Yeah.
0: How do I identify a
1: coyote? How do I identify a <laughs> <By code? connectors. laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description.
0: You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash news and on Twitter at at news.
1: All right, we'll see you next week. Bye.
0: Bye.